Welcome to Energy Stew. This is Peter Roth, your host. And I'd like to ask you, when was the last time you celebrated an NDE, whether yours or somebody else's? Well, we're going to talk about a celebration of that sort, about NDEs, which are near-death experiences, because it's about time. <laughs> it's about time we recognize them for what they are. And they are an incredible opportunity to understand life in the deepest levels and understand yourself. And, and to do that, we're going to be talking with two guests who are working in that world of celebration of NDEs. Uh, a man in Scotland who is a, a music writer, producer, um, a musician who uh, is working with our other guest uh, who has a woman who has had uh, who has had a serious NDE earlier in her life that really helped her tremendously. And so we're going to be talking with Jim Duncan in Scotland. Welcome, Jim. Hello. How are you? <laughs> Good. And Lisa Smart, who is actually in California. So we're on right now with someone in California and in Scotland. And I'm in New York. Uh, Lisa, welcome. Good morning. Thank you. Thanks. And so I'm so excited to talk with you guys because together you're producing songs and songs to celebrate near-death experiences. Now, to a lot of people, they don't even know about near-death experiences nor why you would sing about them. But um, maybe Lisa can start with telling us about her near-death experience and why it was so life-changing and why it's worthy of celebration. Great, thank you. You know, I have to be honest, this is the first time I've publicly spoken about it. You know, I've been better known for the research I've done into people's final words. And, um, and I've written about that and researched that with Dr. Raymond Moody. And I didn't really even think of the experience I had at five years old necessarily as a near-death experience, which is sort of funny when I mean, I'll explain it to you in a minute. Um, but obviously, now that I look back, I think that was a big motivation of why I landed up doing research into consciousness studies and kind of the magic and mystery of what lies beyond this world or this plane. But um, when I was five years old, uh, I was severely abused by people who are not family members and um, very severely abused. And what happened, and this is the first time I've spoken publicly about it, so this is a big step for me, and I'm really, um, really honored to be able to do that now. But what happened is uh, when I was being abused, these people had candles lit around me. And I remember I was in terrible pain because of what they were doing to my precious little five-year-old body. And I remember looking at one of the flames as they were torturing me, essentially. And I was just watching the flame as a way to try to deal with the pain, right? Like an intense focus. And, um, and then they stuffed a rag in my mouth so I couldn't breathe. And, you know, what I don't know is if it was actually an NDE or just a very powerful out-of-body experience. But, but, but what happened is I started rising out of my body. The pain was so bad and I couldn't breathe. I rose and rose out of my body and I'll never forget this. There was a window and as I was rising, I looked out the window and I saw a blue jay in the tree. 
And the blue jay and I, it's like we had eye contact as two sentient beings. It was like the blue jay was saying, it's okay, baby, you're going to be okay. You know, you're going to be, look at me, I'm free. I'm free to fly. And, and you have that too. It was almost like he said that to me. And I kept rising and rising. And then the ceiling opened. And these two hands came full of light and held me. And I remember being able to look down at what these awful things that these crazy people were doing to my innocent body. And I remember hearing the light say to me, it's okay, you're not that body. You're safe here, you're safe here. And it was a memory I had my whole life. You know how we go through life and we oftentimes don't remember things that happened when we were that young, but it was something I kept very privately and never quite understood fully until I got more and more into my work with Dr. Moody and my own research. But it, it was, um, I had such a profound experience of the light that even though my parents were skeptics and I grew up in a very uh, non spiritually oriented family, there was always a deep knowing in me that there was a place that we could go that was safe and that was light filled and that my experience of God or what I call God or goddess is a light is a light that will hold us no matter how hard life gets. And so um, I am so grateful. It was a horrible experience what these people were doing to me as a child and it was a trauma I'm still sometimes having to unravel because some horrible things happened to me. However, my whole life, I've always known that this, this light exists and I've never had a doubt about it. And I'm so grateful for that. And um, so, you know, I haven't really come out with my personal experience, but I have done the research um, over the years uh, in terms of, um, I don't know if I want to use proving, but, you know, demonstrating how these phenomena are true. They exist. They're, they're documented now, um, and they're becoming more and more mainstream, as we know. We, and there are many books now written by physicians, for example, about patients and even doctors now who have had near-death experiences. Yeah. So, so that's, that's a mouthful. <laughs> well, yes, and it's very emotional to hear your story. You know, and it's profound. But I think the message is that our souls are capable of escaping uh, horrible pain by getting out of our bodies. And it might not have nothing to do with dying so much as we need to get out of there because it's too much for us. And and um, and I have a friend who, who was in a car accident. She wasn't dying, but she had a very severe injury and uh and went out of body and and so um so i'm familiar with this and and i, I also uh there's an animal communicator who's been on our show uh many times uh sandra mendelson who many animals have told her she works with uh, dozens of species and many have told her that's what they all know about life is that when they're in great suffering they just escape and but I, I think all humans should know how capable we are of that and not be so afraid of that kind of harm that you are undergoing because we can escape. Amen. And, and you, yeah. And, and it's interesting, Dr. Kenneth Ring, um, who's one of the premier researchers in the field of near death studies, did research uh, in terms, you know, only we maybe 12 to 18 percent of people who um, die and, and are resuscitated actually report near-death experiences. So the big question is, why is that? 
And what Dr. Ring found out through his questionnaires is that there seemed to be a correlation between people who were emotionally traumatized or had abuse in their childhood and those who reported NDEs. And one of the theories is, or something I believe, and I want to do research in the future about this, is that those of us who have had those kinds of traumas have kind of that pathway of dissociation, you might want to call it. You know, like the pathway was sort of uh, formed because we left our bodies because we had to, right? And right. so that when we die, um, that pathway just seems to be kind of, gre you know, greased or, uh, you know. Yeah, maybe yeah, we're ready for it. <laughs> we're ready for it. So, right. I mean, obviously That's, I'm not advocating trauma in any way, I obviously. Think, but. I think the work you guys are doing is to prepare people to appreciate the opportunity of of this. Uh, I know that I, when I was an infant, I needed to be resuscitated, and I'm and and I interviewed a woman who researched many babies uh, who are who have become adults, uh, but knew that they had been resuscitated as as babies, and uh, and obviously had near death experiences because they all were leading very spiritual, very unusual lives, and they didn't even know why, you know, and, and I guess I'm one of those uh, that had, you know, been out there, um, but I have no memory of it because was, it was at birth, but I got to experience the other side and know in this lifetime, you know, obviously we come from the other side, but uh, to actually have that conscious awareness of it in this life changes it. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Agreed. And so it's wonderful that Jim has taken this on as a musician and songwriter to want to bring this to the public and 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 celebrate it because it's such a beautiful experience and and freeing. I mean, the whole idea is to know that our souls aren't trapped when it comes down to it. We can get out of here. <laughs> So Jim, would you like to talk about what you're doing, you know, why you're doing it? Yeah, well, first of all, uh, I'd like to say thanks, Lisa. I know you haven't spoken about that, so that's, that's very brave. Um, and my, initially, uh, growing up, I have had many sort of body experiences. I wouldn't class them as NDEs. But I think I was, they were close. I had a sleeping disorder and I was stopping breathing so severely. I think I was slipping through the veil, you know, because mm -hmm. I would have my outer body experiences and I would be flying around and I'd meet entities. And there's, it was, it was wonderful. It was quite scary at first when I didn't realize what was happening. Uh, it took a long time. Started when I was 13, up until mid 30s. Um, and, so I've always had a, a real fascination because I've known that my consciousness can exist outside my body. And when you know that, you know, you're not having to listen to someone, you're not having to believe it or have faith in it. You you know yourself, then that is life changing. And it changed my life. And so I've always been really interested in it. Um yep. That's fascinating. And you know, it explains why. You want the world to know that the op this opportunity is there for us, and uh, you know, just make life a lot easier when we don't feel so trapped. Well, that's it. It's, it's the comfort. You know, I've got family members who have lost children. Um, they're 
atheists, and that is always something that's bothered me because I'm so comfortable with the idea of the afterlife. I just wish that they were able to to get that comfort, you know, and I know that they, they won't, and I really wish they could. Um, right. And, you know, I feel a real sense of interconnectedness with everybody, the whole world, everything in it. You know, <laughs> I really, I genuinely feel that. I, did, I, I try to keep a, a little bit of love reserved for everybody, regardless of what they're up to. Um, <laughs> True, we're all, we're all, that can be hard. <laughs> we're all spiritual beings here. And uh, it's wonderful. I, uh, last year, my nephew died 21 years old. And I was at least able to, uh, a month before he died, his father got him on a Zoom call with me so I could tell him all about this. And um, I think that helped him in his transition. And, uh, and then I kept his parents informed about how their son was doing. Thank so you. Uh, they were very uh, comforted by it. I mean, it's horrible to lose someone, but at least when you know that they're still okay, it's good. Amen. It's a, it's a difficult thing to talk about because, you know, I, I know in America it's probably different to over here. Um, people are more reserved about talking about these kind of things and they bottle it up and they don't talk about it. They don't talk about death. And then they've got, and so it's just, it's almost something that's festering away in the back of their mind, you know, and to open up about it is to, is to help deal with it. You know, I, and I want to help people that I can, I can clearly see are suffering through grief. But mm. you, but to approach them and say, "Oh, start talking about God and start talking about either afterlife," you know, it's a, it's scary because you don't want them thinking, you don't want to upset them, you don't want them to think that you're crazy. You know, you want to somehow get this information across to for the to help comfort them. And mm. I'm, I'm a musician, so the only way I could I think I can really do it properly. And do it justice is is through music. That's that's my gift to the world. If you want, yeah. you know, if you want. <laughs> it is. It is indeed. And you've already <laughs> produced a beautiful song, and and um, and I I I was going to play it, but I'm not set up properly to play it. But you already have a song about it, and it's beautiful, and so. And you're looking for other people who would like to have you write and produce songs about their near-death experience. And and right now, what you're doing is is promoting this opportunity for to find people who um, who want that. And and somehow, you know, you've been gifted with some uh, finance to do a couple of these productions a year. Yeah, we're going to do it. Um, uh, I'm Raymond Moody, and I uh, own the website lifeafterlife.com, and uh, we just feel so passionately about sharing people's experiences with share, you know, near death, share death experiences. And we were so fortunate to meet Jim, who approached us um, and approached the website and said, I would love to share people's stories about near-death experiences through the lifeafterlife.com website. And so we're going to, we will foot the bill because <laughs> we just feel so passionately about this work. And Jim, he's a great songwriter. He he did this song. You'll, you'll share the link later about my experience. And it really... It was so touching and moving and healing for me to work with Jim to create that song. And we want to give that opportunity 
um, to other people who have experiences that we'd like to share with the world to inspire, to touch, to maybe take away people's fear, to comfort those who might be grieving. And so um, that, we're calling it the Near Death Experience Song Project, Branches of the Same Tree. And it's on the lifeafterlife.com website. You can find more about it. And it's a gift to those who want to um, submit their stories. And we're just going to randomly share stories, choose stories, because we feel like we can't say, oh, this one's better than this one. You know, that you can't do that. But we'll be doing it kind of through a lottery system, picking two songs that we'll be producing. And Jim is a phenomenally talented songwriter, musician, and producer. So we feel so grateful and excited about this partnership. Yeah, no, I'm excited about it because we, we really need to help people open up uh, and and feel how their souls are capable of so much more than they ever expected. You know, it's people don't know what, what's capable, and especially Jim in, in Scotland, if they're not even willing to talk about it, uh, all you can do is to suffer and maybe become more religious or something and... Um, you know, it's 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 terrible how human uh, humanity has been very limited um, in its education about who we are and what we're about. And yeah, and it, up. it's not made any easier with modern sort of society and the constraints that people are facing. Uh, it's just it's doesn't seem to me like we're living the way we should be living and we've lost a lot of spiritualism and people might try and repackage it as something else uh, that's maybe not quite as healthy as just, you know, just feeling that connection, you know, going inward instead of, you know, trying to find stuff all the time. Right. And and that's why, uh, Jim, I want to get you in touch with uh, Philida Anamare, and who is also in Scotland, who's been a guest on my show a couple of times recently, and she uh, she's a, a Celtic priestess who works with in hospices and helps people die, and so um, she's she's fascinating, and she would love to know what you're doing. Mm. Well, you know that's one of the things that we've done at the lifeafterlife.com website is out shared resources with people in hospice because you know if you're on the verge of you know if you're on the threshold and you don't you know to to discover more about near-death experiences or to hear inspiring music as you make that transition is comforting right it's a comforting thing i mean my mother is dying and i've been reading to her about near-death experiences and it's been a great way for her and i you know for us to have conversations and to kind of uh, connect her more with the other side in a way that's given her comfort. And what a, I shared Jim's song with her, and she was so touched and moved by it. And music has this immediacy. You know, we know that people who have dementia, Alzheimer's, many times they may not be able to put ideas and thoughts together, but they oftentimes they remember lyrics to their favorite songs from their childhood. Right. That's right. You know, so music is a powerful, it hits a vein in us that is, you know, I feel is connected to the soul. You know, Bach said as his final words, don't cry for me, I go where the music is born. And there is definitely a connection between this world and, I mean, the other world and this world. Well, many famous musicians have said that they're not writing the music, it comes through to them from somewhere else. And I see, I think, I think Jim has that experience, not to speak for you, Jim, but. <laughs> Sometimes you feel that way. I mean, I've, I've woken up, 
usually if, if I wake up, sometimes I'm, I can hear music. And uh, if it's and usually it's quite good. It's probably not mine in that case. Uh, and quite often I'll, I'll I'd have to write it down. You know, I really have to write it down, get up and write the music down because if I fall back asleep, it's gone. Right. So, so it wasn't you figuring it out. It was brought to you. Well, there was one time there was a, a melody and it was just going on in my head. And I woke up and I was like, you need to you need to get that one down. <laughs> and then I was, but I was just still, maybe I was too warm in my bed or something. <laughs> and, uh, and, I, and I said to myself, oh, you'll remember it. Big mistake. I shouldn't have done that. But I went, but I did. I fell back to sleep. But the, the, the song was so strong. It woke me up again. And it was saying, go and write me down. You know, so I did. I, I, it woke me up. And I'm like, and it's still going. Uh, so I was like, okay. So I went downstairs and got my guitar, wrote the song. Back to bed. <laughs> so who knows? It could have been Bach or Mozart talking, you know, sending you music. <laughs> who knows? Who knows? Anybody knows? on the other side who's uh, John Lennon, maybe. <laughs> no. Well, you know, near-death experiencers, there are several people who have had near-death experiences who are not very musical, but they had sort of symphonic experiences when they went to the other side. For example, David Ditchfield, I mean, I think he was in a punk rock band, but he came back and he lent up, he heard a symphony and he actually wrote it. I think it's called the Divine Symphony and uh, people can find it online. It's absolutely beautiful and magical. And there's Tony Sicoria, who is a a physician. He and he didn't play any music his whole life. He never touched a piano. And when he died, he heard music and he felt music and he came back knowing he had to play these melodies he heard. And now he's a he's a concert pianist. And so it's such a powerful and Kevin Fortune is another person who had two NDEs and he did the whole Hearts of Space electronic music that some people may have uh, may be familiar with that was very popular in the 80s and 90s. And his experiences of the NDE was musical. I mean, for him, uh, some people see things when they have near-death experiences. They have visions and so forth. And other people maybe hear more, and it's a very musical experience. So, you know, there's definitely a connection between the other side and music. And I feel so honored to be able to work with Jim Duncan because I feel like, you know, partially maybe because of some of the experiences you talked about, Jim, that you've had, it does feel like you have that connection. And I think that's part of what being an artist is about is cultivating that connection between this world through the arts and the other world, um, you know, through connecting to divine inspiration. So wow, you said that beautifully. It's so it's it's so wonderful because that really is an understanding of why people should uh, really applaud this and and uh, and help you guys uh, make more uh, music this way. And to honor and celebrate their stories. Please go ahead. I'm sorry, Jim. Yeah, no, I mean, it is, you, you you hit the nail on the head. It's it's yours. Your your story is so important and so profound. Um, it's worthy of, of of being written about. And you know, you we went through that experience of writing the songs where we had to get to know each other and and we become good friends. And you know, sharing that experience and then sharing the process of the writing the song as well, which was so much fun. But ultimately, it's you know, it's. It's such a, a a big important thing in your life, and for me to share in that—that's the sort of important thing for me—is to actually uh, be a part of of your incredible story. You know, even when it's bad and when it's good, it's uh, 
it's just incredible to be a part of it and to, and like you say, to celebrate it. That's a nice way of putting it. <laughs> yeah. Honor, well, yeah. Thank it, you. It honors it, yes. And, um, and, but the big thing to me that I want people to remember about all this is who they really are. They are really eternal souls. And when you're in trouble here, you have a, an eternal part of you that takes over and saves you. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> really, I mean, you know, I, I really, yeah, absolutely. And music allows us to be transported that way. And, you know, we're all different. There's so many different types of music. So for some people, it might be Coltrane that brings them to the other side or gives them that sense of the eternal. For other people, it might be John Lennon. For other people, it might be Jim Duncan who, who brings them to the other side. So, you know, music, different people, some people hear drums or percussion and that gets them there. So, you know, but, but there are many ways that music transports us and it's just such a powerful, vehicle and that again that's why we're really inviting anyone in the audience who may have had a near-death experience or a profoundly spiritually transformative experience that they'd like to put into music and and just contact us and like i said we foot the bill and we just invite you to share your story with us and to work with jim is just um it's just so much fun it's such a delight <laughs> to yeah. see him in action no yeah. it's so wonderful that you guys are doing this and i'm so glad that we could talk about it and um, and and help people. The whole idea is to wake everybody up as much as possible about who, who their souls truly are and what they're capable of, that they're capable of escaping their bodies and coming back when it's not safe to be in the body at that point. And, and to find uh, comfort. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, comfort, right. I, I love Dying. that. You were comforted so much at five years old. It's beautiful. And so, um, but I, I think everybody listening to the show should breathe sighs of relief <laughs> from hearing this and understanding what their souls are capable of doing for them. And they're important. Yeah, and you guys are putting it into song, which is really amazing. <laughs> and to dance with it, right? You know, oh, to good. bring it down onto our planet Earth here, bring all that divine inspiration into our bodies that are sacred. And, you know, dance is a way that we celebrate the divine. And that's what music can do for us. So when I, I still, after this time, I've probably heard Jim's song, I don't know how many times, probably hundreds and hundreds. And I still, you know, start <laughs> rocking when I hear it because it's it, it's inspired. So... We all need to be dancing through our lives and as part of honoring and celebrating the fact that we're in these human bodies as spiritual beings here on earth, uh, doing the best we can. Yeah, <laughs> I'm so happy to, to, that you guys have been available for this show and, and um, I, I'm grateful to you for doing the work you're doing. And, um, and hopefully we'll, you know, we'll meet again and um, talk some more because this is uh, very inspirational. And, um, and so the uh, life uh, give give people the way to reach you again um lifeafterlife.com and on the navigational bar they can find the nde song project or it's actually on the home page if you scroll down you'll see the nde song project and you can just apply to become uh one of the participants and we would be just delighted thank you honored. so much lisa smart jim duncan Thank you so much for being guests on Energy Stew. Thanks. Great Thank to you. Much appreciated. <laughs>
And this is Peter Roth, your host of Energy Stew at PRN.live. I can be reached at Peter at Heart River, H-E-A-R-T, river.org. I'd love to hear from you. And thanks so much for listening.